As the race for US 2024 elections come close, there are a lot of topics that are gaining momentum, be it abortion, gun control, or immigration. Each of the candidates running for White House have their own understanding and their own policy for each of these topics. But what do US citizens want? How different are the views of Democrats and Republicans? Today, I sat down with Julie, who is a Republican voter, and I discussed each of these points to understand her perspective as a Republican voter. My name is Ankur, and you are listening to The News Park. Hey, Julie, how are you? I'm good, Anchor. How are you? I'm good. And first of all, thank you so much for agreeing to come on the show and, you know, express your views and agree to answer my questions. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. So, Julie, we know that 2024 elections are coming up and everyone is, you know, gearing up uh, different candidates from Democrats and Republican sides are gearing up. And there's a lot of heated debate about various issues across the country. Um, and we wanted to get your opinion on what you think uh, is going to happen, how U.S. has been uh, for the past four years, how the administration doing, and what does kind of future holds for the U.S. Um, and But before we begin, I just want you to, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself so that our listeners, our viewers can you know, know about your background so that they can probably get some insights about, you know, how your thought process works. It'll be easier for them to understand your perspective. Okay. Well, thank you for having me on. Um, in some ways, I feel like the least qualified person to be on discussing politics. I have been a wife and mother for the past, oh gosh, over four years. My youngest is about to turn five in a couple months and I have three children and um, I've been out of the regular corporate workforce for since that time. Um, however, as we were kind of talking and thinking about it, I, I do represent a good percentage of America and a, probably a voice that's not heard as much through the media and through podcasts. And so in some ways, I'm kind of honored that, you know, you, you of course you would care, but that, you know, people may even care to hear what I have to say and um, you know, there's, I'm, I'm not a news journalist. I don't have a political, um, background. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm really having to just sort of filter it through, um, my worldview from, you know, the media, which, um, a lot of us would agree has been, um, maybe more unreliable in the past few years. And, um, you know, just some personal intuition and experience as just a fellow human being. So, awesome. um, my, um, uh, my husband is saying, and he's uh, actually, fun fact, he is from New Zealand, so he is not a U.S. citizen, so he will not be voting in this election. He is working on his citizenship, so he'll have dual citizenship, but um, anyway, I don't know that that will happen before this election. So uh, I have a bachelor's degree. I was in the corporate world for about 13 years doing um, predominantly sales of luxury goods. Um, so I do bring some sort of, um, knowledge and understanding in that way. But again, more recently, I 
just um, am raising my world leaders and uh, have a little side business. And my husband's um, a small, we're small business owners uh, and a serial entrepreneur. So that's a little bit about me. You share, you might be sharing your views with a lot of other people who are probably not, how do I say it? Not, not comfortable coming in front of camera yeah. or talk about politics, as you said, but why is that? What do you, what, what do you think is stopping them? Yeah, unfortunately, I think it's become really difficult to have a respectful conversation um, about things we may not agree on, especially politics. There's so many uh, big controversial issues right now that have become very polarizing and divisive. And it's unfortunate because I think we need um, we need the ability to think differently. I think we add a lot to our society when we do come with different backgrounds, different opinions and different experiences. But unfortunately, it just feels that when you do open your mouth and, and try to share, um, you know, it may not be always returned in a favorable or respectful way. And sometimes even in a very threatening manner. Um, so jokingly, when you and I spoke about this podcast and, um, you know, I wasn't sure how many people actually saw this, but I thought, oh, geez, you know, the last thing I want is to be, you know, dropping my little children off at preschool and, you know, to have someone like, you know, cursing at me or mad because, you know, I feel differently. And so, um, you know, and I, I do find in my friend group of other mothers and things, there is a hesitation to speak up, whether you feel like. Um, I don't have the experience or my voice isn't valid or I maybe I don't know everything that's going on in politics. But, you know, whenever I've tried to share something, it hasn't been well received or, you know, um, the media, if you mm. say something that may be different than what the strongest opinion is, you know, you could be called a bigot. So there is a, a big real hesitation about speaking up. When do you think this started? Because I, I remember that uh, this wasn't the case like a decade back. People used to yeah. freely able to discuss what they think, uh, you know, openly on different platforms, but then suddenly something changed. Uh, why do you think this shift happened? I mean, that's a great question. I, I'm not exactly sure why it happened. Um, you know, I definitely, um, I guess, just that we're speaking through this, you know, um, having all the social media outlets that we have and ha people using that as such a huge form of communication now, it's much easier to sit behind your phone or your laptop and spout out a very strong and negative or hurtful or hateful opinion um, or viewpoint and without really regard for um, the person behind the screen because you're not actually seeing them or communicating with them face to face. So in some reasons, I think people um, maybe became a lot more bold mm -hmm. um, with that. And then now having these face-to-face -face conversations, you know, there's so much um, division already. I don't know. That's just my guess. Let's, let's dig into politics a little bit. Mm -hmm. So uh, you identify as a Republican, correct? Yes. So why is that? What, what are the things that, you know, align you uh, as a Republican uh, uh, as opposed to a Democrat? Yeah, well, I want to first give a little caveat and just say that um, I consider myself sort of a free thinker, and um, it's really hard for me to sort of just put myself in the box or check a box of, of one thing, because I certainly don't believe in and align all with Republican. There's probably, there are some things that align more Demo Democrat that I might agree with, but um, I just think... Um, Historically, uh, some of the economic policies, I think some um, some 
social things. I think, uh, you know, a big one, a very controversial one that we sort of discussed, um, just the sanctity of life is very important and tender to my life, to my heart, to my conviction, um, which, you know, just historically has fallen in the Republican Party. Um, so, okay. I don't yeah. Oh, interesting. Uh, and you live in Texas, which is a yes. historically red state. Uh, yes. Know, but you were born in California. Uh, yes. State, then you moved to yeah. red state. So uh, mm -hmm. when you go out of Texas, when you travel, you know, uh, mm -hmm. to a Democrat state, uh, do you see some change uh, in behavior if people know that you're from Texas? Do, do, do you see mm -hmm. a sort of shift? Yeah. I mean, I definitely think there's a lot of stereotypes. Um for people from Texas, but in all fairness, um, people here have some stereotypes for people in California. And so um, I think that, that both of them are just very strong states are, are very strong for having the stereotypes. So um, yes, I do think that that people do look at Texans or think of Texans in a certain way and, and maybe not in the most positive light. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, as a Republican, you said that you, uh have some issues which make you a Republican, which mm -hmm. abortion being one, and then there are yeah. other controversial issues. So mm -hmm. uh, let's let's dissect them a little bit. Let's let's go into mm -hmm. them and see how how you know. I want to understand your point of view because, as you said, yeah. that people are not ready to hear uh, other people. Yeah. So let's let's discuss that. So uh, let's mm -hmm. begin with abortion. Uh, it has been a controversial topic for decades. Uh, no other country has uh, such uh, abortion as a primary concern when it comes to elections, but U.S. Uh, mm -hmm. First of all, why do you think that is? Why is this a, such a big issue? Um, in America or mm -hmm. just... In, in America, why is it such, such a big issue? If you go to a, a, a mm -hmm. country, maybe Australia or England or India for that matter, you don't see this is issue... Uh, taking a lead uh, when election. Mm -hmm. But whenever an mm -hmm. election comes, we see that, you know, Roe v. Wade, abortion are the first ones to be, mm -hmm. you know, uh, discussed. Yeah, I, I guess I'm even more curious to know how is it, um, you know, there are things that are legal in our society, but there still are some, um, some moral issues or some religious issues around certain things, which then um, sort of cast a shadow around something. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, as far as the U.S., I um, I don't know that I can fully answer that question. I do think that, you know, a lot of this um, came out of the feminist movement. And mm -hmm. I think women feeling that by have, being able to have an abortion was sort of... Um, their right as as a woman and their freedom and versus feeling oppressed and i think that um you know i think what's interesting is um just overall i would like to comment about our society you know certain words are given certain definitions and they have been that way for you know since the test of time and then what i see with our culture more recently is we start to change um, the meaning of definitions or change the words that we're using for definitions, which then starts to normalize certain things which otherwise would have been taboo or there would be some moral pressure against certain things. So abortion, for instance, um, you know, it, it has two different, you know, people could see that as um, a medical term or they could see that as um, 
as not, but it, it, in some ways it feels a little bit more neutral. Well, more recently with the reversal of Roe v. Wade, the issue has not been necessarily, the buzzword is not necessarily abortion, it's healthcare right. and restricting women's right to healthcare. And so that feels very different than the word abortion, feels very different than the word of um, termination mm -hmm. of a life. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And so yeah. I'm not, I think I'm like veering a little off from what you're saying, but I've just noticed, you know, the other thing that I'm hearing a lot lately in our society is my truth. Mm -hmm. My truth is very interesting because truth is pretty black and white, but my truth would really be subjective to what I would feel or see it, say it to be, which mm -hmm. actually would really be my perception, right? Not necessarily my truth. So I think, um, again, I'm sorry, I'm getting so off topic here, but as far as abortion, I think that there is sort of, um, there's a huge div uh, division between one is what do we accept as life and which life is important and which life is not and which mm -hmm. one is valued in a certain way and which one is not. Right. Um, and so I, why it's such a hot button issue, I think, you know, America is the land of the free. And I think that we're a very independent nation. People want to have their freedoms. And in some way, you know, as a Republican, that resonates with me. I mean, I like to have my freedoms. I, I, lo I love that we're in a country that's protected by a constitution, which also feels like in more recent years has come into question. Um, so as far as abortion, like I can see on the other side where you feel like, okay, this is my body. This should be my choice. I live in a free country. These are my freedoms. So I sort of get that. The only problem with that argument is it involves another human life. And so if you agree that um, life begins at conception, then you have to sort of deal with you know, come to reconcile right. that it is, you're also involving another life in that mm -hmm. decision. And mm -hmm. do, you, do you agree with that? That uh, except for some exceptions, uh, you know, it should be legal? Yeah, um, the only exception that I would say that I personally and morally um, grapple with is in the case of a mother's life. Mm -hmm. which is actually um, fairly rare percentage-wise of mm -hmm. the, the amount of pregnancies. As far as rape and incest, um, I mean, that's a terrible, um, terrible thing to happen. And um, I definitely have a lot of compassion for any woman that's going through that. However, at the same time, um, I just, I don't see the justification for ending a life uh, due to those unfortunate, awful, terrible circumstances. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, makes sense. So, well, and one thing I wanted to say, like as a society where we are really, um, where things are lacking as a society on abortion is we have got to provide these mothers other options and we have right. to make them, um, yes, much more like child care in the United States is extremely expensive, probably more than any other country. Right. And um, our government is not really providing great support and assistance for a single mothers or women that find themselves in this situation. There right. is a huge lack of support. And really, you find that support a lot of times through a church or religious organization. But I would say our society in general has moved away from, um, from being as a uh, 
of as a church society, if you will. So we are lacking hugely in support for women. So again, I want to come at it from a place of compassion and understanding and not judgment. Um, so I think we so really have to step up as a society. Child care, right? And yes. Yeah. If yes. government provides health care, yes. child care, uh -huh. to single mother or yes. Your, uh, women who have been abused and uh, raped. Uh -huh. So do you think yes. that will be, uh, that will probably reduce the ask reduce, for, reduce the ask for- Yes, yes. I hear what you're saying. I, I would think so. I think if bringing a child into the world, you had more of a network of support. I think if you look at the women who are getting these procedures, they're probably the majority um, un, unmarried women Mm -hmm. Um, and in, in time, in a dis distress, like I, I have to argue that as a mother, um, there is something very unnatural of, of aborting your own child. Once you find out that you're pregnant, especially women, and they've shown that shown this in these crisis pregnancy centers, the rate of abortion drops significantly if they do an ultrasound. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the crisis pregnancy that are either faith-based, pro-life, you know, they really want to provide that to the mother so they can really get a full understanding. You know, uh, they still, you know, up until this point, illegally could still get an abortion, but um, at least they knew that they were making a fully informed decision. And I think that that is important for all of us to make such a major decision um, is to know really what we're doing. So to hear the heartbeat, to see that ultrasound, once that happens, the abortion rate goes down significantly. Mm -hmm. Once, um, you know, if we had more support, if, you know, I, I think you see very, I, I, I think the percentages would show that few, you know, happily married women and, you know, are going out and seeking abortions. I think these are very crisis situations. I think they could be rape. I think they could be incest. They could be underage young girls this could be sexual abuse this could be single women who are pursuing a career you know whatever it is these women these people in our society need support and i think instead of looking at them as sort of villains mm -hmm. i think we need to to really look at them with compassion and provide other options and just support and yes i do think it would go down um yes all right makes sense uh, let's move on to the next topic uh, mm -hmm. Let's move on to immigration. Immigration is a hot deba uh, debate in U.S. Illegation, mm -hmm. immigration has been rising in the states uh, for mm -hmm. years, for decades. Uh, mm -hmm. Administrations have come and gone. They, they've tried different things, but no one has been able to revolutionize the system. There's no mm -hmm. proper plan. There are certain legal ways, uh, which even I used to come uh, to U.S., mm -hmm. but then uh, there are illegal ways, and then uh, that's affecting the economy, the healthcare, it's pr putting pressure on the resources. Mm -hmm. uh, so Republicans seem to be very, uh, you know, strict towards immigration. They, they want immediate results. They want to totally ban uh, illegal immigration, but Democrats mm -hmm. are seen to have, uh, they appear to be like more soft towards illegal immigration. They, they mm -hmm. want to have sanctuary cities. They want to invite, uh, you know, uh, mm -hmm. immigrants from South border. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it sounds lovely in theory to be able to offer, you know, the sanctuary city and invite 
people um, in who especially are escaping, whether it's persecution, it's not being able to provide for their families to improve their quality of life. I mean, again, I think if you're a compassionate person, there's a side of you that can empathize of why people would want to come to our great country. Um, however, you know, you did hit on the point of, you know, resources, I think, um, doing this in a legal manner, because uh, illegally, the Texas borders are flooded mm -hmm. uh, with Ill illegal immigration. And I think, um, you know, these sanctuary cities, I think Governor Abbott has gotten a really bad rap um, mm -hmm. for sending busloads of illegal immigrants to sanctuary cities. And I and thought the plan was brilliant. Is, I, I think next to <laughs> Vice President's house, I think. Um, yes, yeah. yes, and I think there was so much uproar about this. When I heard it, I thought this was a, a great idea because, you know, again, these are about making informed decisions. So if right. you really can see and understand what is happening at the border or we have, you were just seeing such a small percentage of people being bused into your city and already New York cannot house any more illegals and they're having to send them, you know, to other places. And it has, I think I saw recently in the news that they're no longer considered a sanctuary city. And so, um, you know, you, you can't expect the burden to just fall on a couple of border states and just say that, you know, we're, we're just going to allow this. I mean, it, it, there needs to be a legal process. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, there are terrorists coming through you know we've had you know issues as far as coronavirus and and whatever other healthcare. there are a huge trafficking problem with um children being trafficked over people being trafficked over i mean it's terrible and uh, the, the truck load of, of 50 people or so that died in texas um over you know being trafficked over the border. So I, I really do think that it is um, an issue that the, the United States, everybody needs to sort of like wake up and make an informed decision on. So I think it would be easy to just sit back if it doesn't affect you and just say, you know, well, why not? We're all, you know, essentially we all immigrated. My uh, my father's father, so my grandfather and grandmother came to the United States as immigrants. I mean, and um, I think that Republicans are very open. A lot of Republicans are very open to people coming in legally and to finding ways to let more people in legally mm -hmm. um, and making it e in easier in some sense. But I do think that uh, any country must protect its borders. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, Julie, let's let's talk about another uh, controversial topic, uh, that is gun control. Uh, Democrats are usually seen as uh, people who want to have more gun control. They want to have restrictive access. And uh, Republicans are generally seen as people who do not want to have any ban on owning guns, uh, no restrictions. Uh, is that, first of all, is that true? I mean, yes, I, I'm sure that people sort of land along a spectrum, whether they're Republican or Democrat, but I would say overall, yes, that is fairly correct. Mm -hmm. U.S. Yeah. has had uh, 410 uh, mass shootings till today, in this very year. I checked the stats in the morning, it was 410. Do you think that if there was more gun control, they would have reduced? Not necessarily. I think it goes deeper. It's more of a cultural societal problem in general. I think that people that are going to be doing illegal activities 
um, are going to find ways to illegally obtain weapons. Mm -hmm. um, I think that there is a huge mental health crisis and problem that we have not addressed culturally. I think, again, when you look back at providing levels of support, you know, with our health care, um, even if you have health care, mental health is not always covered. Or if you do, it's a very small percentage. I think um, it goes, it really goes so deep and we don't have uh, tons of time to talk about it. But I think just looking back to, you know, starting out with the way that we raise our children, are we able to, for parents to be present and involved in their children's lives? Or are we as a society putting so much value on work and productivity and independence that um, we are not able to be as in touch as we, you know, need to be. Um, you know, some of these school shootings that you look at, um, you know, I feel like most of what you hear, you know, it was a sort of just disturbed child or a child that had had problems over a period of time. And, you know, it may not have just been one thing that somebody said, hmm, that's a little odd. This was something that was kind of going on for years. So just to back up, as far as gun control, one, it is a constitutional right for us to bear arms. And I don't think that that was uh, done um, without intention. Um, I think that there are reasons that we should be able to have that right. Um, and again, I think when you when you look at trying to place all of these laws over guns, I think you probably more so take the guns out of the law abiding citizens because they're the ones that are following your bans and your laws. And the people that are, are going to commit these crimes, you know, are going to be able to find the means. Also, let's look back several years ago and please forgive me, I'm not going to cite this correctly, but I remember in, in Cannes, France, um, Cannes, they, um, you know, had someone during a, a festival or down one of their boulevards, just like plowed a, a truck down and killed, you know, ran over however many people, you know, there are ways to, to mass kill people that is not done with guns. A bomber, you know, people make homemade bombs. The problem there is not the bomb. It is the, the mental health issue of the person. And so until we figure out how to provide more support as a society um, for these people, then I just think that taking away the guns, you know, is just a band-aid or it's going to create other ways that people are going to, to choose violence. Mm -hmm. So... That, that that makes sense. But I just have one follow-up question on that. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's concerning that a 16-year-old or a 17-year-old is able to get a gun, buy a gun from Walmart and just barge into a school and start shooting? Uh, there like are, especially in the state of Texas, or I also lived and went to college in Northeast Louisiana, very much a hunting, sporting kind of state. So you do find younger people that use rifles and things, um, for sport and are, are actually trained from a very young age how to safely use a gun. Um, but then what about AK-47? I understand hunting guns, but then mm -hmm. having access to AK-47, even if you're 20, 21 year old, like uh, that's something that I personally didn't understand. I, I understand the right to bear arms for your own protection, 100%. I, I totally agree with that. But then why do you need an AK-47 for that? I mean, that's a good question. I don't necessarily... You know, I don't think that we, 
you know, I don't, I don't disagree that we can't provide some sort of laws around what kind of guns or age restrictions or that sort of thing. I mean, I think a lot of Republicans would um, agree that there could be, you know, some laws in place that made sense, but to just completely go out and ban guns, I just don't think that's going to solve the problem. Mm -hmm. And it also takes away any protection. The interesting thing is there have been shootings in Texas. I think there was one at a church in Fort Worth a few years ago where someone did come in to shoot. But then one of the congregants, because you can get conceal and carry legally in Texas, was able to shoot uh, shoot the person. And so, um, which prevented more people from being killed. So, you know, it's, I don't have all the answers. But I do believe that there is a reason that it is in our constitution as a right. I don't think that just taking that right away is going to solve the problem. But I do think that there are some safeguards that we can put in place that we hopefully can all agree upon or come to some sort of consensus that our lawmakers, you know, can do. So, um, yeah. Just to add. Uh, You mentioned that economy is one of the major things that you know aligns you as a republican how would you rate a uh, rate bidenomics that's the term that is being used right now as a you know uh, economic uh, economic policies under biden administration the, uh, do you think economy is doing good for the past uh, two and a half years i do not think that's the general consensus around here um I mean, I understand uh, interest yeah. rates are off the charts, yes. right? Wages have not risen. Uh, inflation inflation has risen so much. Uh, people are having jobs, but no one's talking about the quality of jobs. Uh, you know, they have to do multiple jobs to, you know, just to stay afloat. Uh, this is not the economy that, you know, U.S. should have. One of, like... U.S. is a superpower. U.S. is one of the richest countries in the world, but still people are struggling. Uh, but do you think that if there's a change in administration, this this situation will change? Uh, I'm hopeful that it will. I mean, I think whether you agree with Trump or not, I think when he was in office, you know, he did have a track record of um, economic growth, job growth. Uh, I'm not an economist. I can't speak eloquently about it. it. You know, anything that I would share with you is just how it feels as um, the suburban housewife I am, which I almost want to roll my eyes when I say it, because I think that that does not give you a lot of credibility. However, you know, I'm the one that is, you know, paying a lot of the bills or, um, you know, uh, I am a stay-at-home mother, but my, you know my husband works, and I am doing the majority of the shopping for our home. And so, yes, when gasoline prices are up, and you know, which affects everything, mm-hmm. you know, everything has to be transported somewhere. So, you know, when cost of goods are up across the board, um, it definitely, you know, does affect all of us. Um, you know, as far as the jobs, that's very interesting because there are. Um, you know, there, you know, there are, um, with COVID, I think a lot of people were able to not return to work and we had unemployment available for extended periods of time, uh, or other things that made it possible for, you know, people not to, to have to work. And so that's a very interesting, another topic. So as far as the economy, um, I think we could do better. I think we have done better. Mm-hmm. 
Interesting. I'm hopeful with a change of administration that things will change. I think it's concerning the debt mm -hmm. of this country. I think um, the student loan forgiveness is a problem. There are a lot of us who worked really hard to pay for our college or had to take out loans and then had to pay them back. Um, I think that there is something uh, very logical about you spend money and then you have to you know, or you borrow money and you have to pay it back. Um, and I think to think otherwise or to feel that we're entitled otherwise um, is, is interesting. <laughs> cancel culture. Uh, you know, uh, anyone who says anything or anyone who expresses their views uh, and then you are not, uh, you don't agree with them, you just cancel them. You, you mm -hmm. boycott them. Uh, Actors have, uh, you know, suffered because of that. Comedians have suffered because of that. Mm -hmm. People have lost their livelihood. If you just say something and if someone grabs a camera, records you, you, you lose your job. Mm -hmm. uh, this kind of thing, this, this cancel culture, uh, what are your views on that? I mean, it's just important. Again, it goes back to, we need to be able to have, like to get anything done in this country, to, to move forward in a positive way, to sort of like reunite this country. I think we all have to be, Republicans and Democrats have to be willing to have respectful dialogues. I think that there are valid points in both parties. I think anytime you go too far left or too far right, it's too far, you, you know, we need to sort of like find the common ground or be able to discuss and, and, and have a healthy debate about how to solve these issues. Because I think we all come from different backgrounds and different experiences and have different ideas and different solutions. And mm -hmm. so I think that until we're willing to sort of hear each other out and work together, um, we're gonna be stuck in, in um, what we're currently dealing with. And so like even just you and I talking through and you bringing up some different points, you know, it's it's definitely given me some food for thought, you know, the gun control. I, um, I don't have strong, strong feelings about it. I do feel like we should, it is our constitutional right to have guns. But at the same time, do I think that there could be more laws surrounding guns and, and protection and in legislation? Absolutely. And I think the more we talked about it, we probably could come up. I mean, we, you and I could come up with a great solution. We would just have it all solved. <laughs> no, but, um, but seriously, I, I just think that um, it's the division right now. And right. just, and yeah, I can't keep back to cancel culture, um, you know, because someone feels differently that they're, you know, a racist, they're a bigot, they're, you know, um, it, it's just, it's unfortunate, you know, that's not how we create solutions. Mm -hmm. So, um, Julie, with the upcoming elections, uh, let's talk about the candidates that are, uh, you know, running to be the Republican nominee. There's President Trump, there's Ron mm -hmm. DeSantis, there's Mike Pence, Chris Christie, Nikki Haley. I think these were the main candidates that everyone what, what was talking about. Like, do you have mm -hmm. any favorite among those? Well, I would say you could pick them all apart and pick your favorite pieces out and, and find, form this great candidate. I think that, um, oh man, President Trump, um, people love him or they hate him. Really? I actually feel like I'm somewhere in between. I think that he is very successful of getting things done. And I think in some ways we need somebody that is uh, fearless and is willing to, um, 
to uproot the system probably and and yes yes yeah hmm. yes and then um, at the same time, there needs to be a level of diplomacy in order to really work with people of other um, viewpoints. And I think that in some ways, you know, Trump can unite people. And in some ways, I think, you know, I think uh, internationally, I think Trump has done really well. Mm -hmm. um, but I think within our own country, it's, you know, he's definitely been more divisive. So um, as far as getting things done, I just think you know, I, I do say, you know, I think he does have a track record, whether you like him or not. Um, as far as um, Ron DeSantis, uh, I think he has some wonderful things to say. I like from what I've seen of how he's run Florida, I think he in some ways has gotten a bad rap about some of the bills and some of the things that he's set out in order to protect children or protect people's rights and freedoms. Um, you know, has turned, has been twisted into that he, you know, like the don't say gay bill or that he's some sort of um, bigot or, or what have you, uh, which I don't think is, is very fair. Uh, and then the other candidates, I honestly haven't been following as much. I just don't, I don't know that they're like the most viable candidate. Mm -hmm. so. Right. Uh, we, you, you said that, you know, for President Trump or Ron DeSantis, they've, they've, said something, but their words were twisted, their policy were twisted and showcased mm -hmm. in a way that, you know, uh, was not true. Uh, mm -hmm. th this, uh, this thing of, if, if you don't agree with someone, you just weaponize it and then use yeah. it against it and then cancel mm -hmm. them and, you know, you know, you know, say, say things about them. Uh, this, this is increasing day by day, you know, uh, from yeah. both the sides. I'm not saying that it's only yes. done from one side or the other. Like, this is not only affecting, you know, the the uh, the the ability to have a decent debate, but it's also degrading the level of politics uh, within mm -hmm. the country. So, what do you want to say about that? Like, I, I understand that the only solution is to come together, talk it out. But then, if people are not ready, like this division is growing day by day. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, where do you think this is headed? I mean, I think like. When we look at U.S. politics, a lot of times when there is a, a president that falls out of favor or the economy or some some issue is not going well, predominantly, I think, the economy or there's a war, what have you, then it switches to the other party. And then whether that person gets reelected, they have one more term, and then it switches back to the other party. So I think we're just going to keep like flip-flopping back and forth, um, you know, from party to party until we get tired of this person's policy and then, you know, try something new. So, so I don't know. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't think, you know, the current president's popularity is, is pretty low. Mm -hmm. um, I think that people do have some real concerns about uh, the economy and other issues. And so I, I do think that it, there is a really good chance that we could get a Republican candidate. Mm -hmm. Now, even as a Republican, do I think that that is the solution? No, not necessarily. You know, again, it's going to, it's really going to boil down to us finding, you know, being the bipartisan, truly being bipartisan and finding solutions that, you know, we're not twisting people's, we're not manipulating or controlling to try to get our way. We're really trying to find out like, what is the best way? Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, there are 40 criminal charges being filed against President Trump. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you want to say about that? Do you think that's, yeah. that's an agenda that Democrats are 
you know, uh, carrying out to mm-hmm. you know decrease his popularity or you know, uh, yeah, stop him from rerunning. Yeah, I think it's interesting because it does feel like more recently mm-hmm. um, that, um, and I don't even know how to even articulate this correctly. So somehow there needs to be more of a separation between our judicial department and the politics, because I think that some of the politics have, this is infiltrated. And um, I really question whether, um, whether there really is just reasons for these indictments. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know, you know, it's really hard to decipher when the media is strongly saying one thing. But you know, if you look at the media, so many things we find out later were untrue. Um, or conjecture. And so, uh, you know, I don't really trust that what's being said is necessarily correct. Do I think Trump is a criminal? I don't know. I don't, I don't feel that he necessarily is, but I also, you know, um, he's a human being just like all of us. And I, I know that he's made some bad decisions or, um, you know, did some things that, um, you know, could be, uh, I don't know whether they were illegal or weren't legal. I'm not sure. Hmm. Okay, interesting. Julie, my last question to you is, yeah. what are your expectations from uh, you know future administration, be it a Republican, be it a Democratic government, mm-hmm. in 2024? Uh, what do you want your government to do for you? Yeah, I mean, I think I want the government to protect our borders mm-hmm. um, and and look at immigration policy as a whole. I do think, you know, we, um, we should let people in legally. I think I will just say as sort of a little side note, my sister-in-law, so my husband is um, a New Zealand citizen and um, he and his two siblings were adopted from a family who um, his father is an American. His mother is a Kiwi, a New Zealander, and they were born and raised in New Zealand. Well, so during the pandemic, his sister, who then has married an Australian, had a family, has a family, lives in Australia, she wanted to come and spend some time in the United States. And because she was adopted and she was not like a blood uh, child of his father, who's an American, she was unable to, uh, to be able to be here for any considerable amount of time. She just did not have the same like rights and privileges. So I find that situation really unfortunate that, you know, her going through the, like the legal process was not able to, uh, to be able to come freely into the United States as should have been her birthright by having an American father. And so, um, anyway, um, I just, I think we really do need to look at immigration, but I do think we need to secure our borders, whatever side of the fence you you fall on. Um, I definitely think that we can provide um, asylum in certain situations. Oh, and for asylum. the most part, I think we need to to, to focus on um, on providing legal means. And I do think that we need to figure out real solutions to secure our border. It's not going to be 100% secure, uh, but uh, I don't know. The wall seems like, in in some regards, it it worked. You know, um, 
right now, Governor Abbott has put these like massive buoys out in the river and it has prevented people from coming over. And some people think that that is terrible. But, you know, if you don't want people coming into your house, what do you have to do? You have to close your door. You have to lock your fence. So, you know, let's just be practical here. Um, so I think that is something we need to look at. I think the economy, I think at the, the national debt, I think at uh, foreign relations, you know, what what's happening with Ukraine, with Russia, with China, um, you know, all of those things I, I are issues that I want. I do think abortion is very important. I mean, I will probably stand alone in a lot of rooms on this one, but, you know, I do feel like we really need to go back to it conception, life starts at conception. Mm-hmm. And then from conception, how are we supporting our mothers? How are we supporting our children? Our children are going to be our leaders one day. Mm-hmm. You and I are going to be sitting in a nursing home mm-hmm. and my children and their children are going to be in charge of public policy. So I do think it is important how we raise them and how we treat them and how we treat each other. And I think that there's a huge component to America that I think is um, very different from other countries. I think we pride ourselves on being this like independent nation and we can sort of do anything and we love and want our freedom. And all of that is good, fine, and great, but it really takes a village. And I think that's where America has sort of missed the mark. You know, I think when we value success and material and worldly things so much that we neglect um, the community that we are a part of, and mistreat and disrespect our neighbors, and we don't provide adequate care for our children and our mothers and our elderly, you know, that is the real fundamental problem to me. So who is willing to take that on? Homelessness, crime, like those are huge problems. Those are, especially in like these large metropolitan cities. Um, But where does that boil back to? Why are people on the streets? Why are people addicted to drugs? Why are people homeless? Why are people wanting to kill their babies? Mm -hmm. What is missing? Like, what is the commonality? What is the common thread? So I think that that is sort of like a soul search for all of us. And how is a presidential candidate going to be able to solve that? I don't know that they are. I think it's society all having to just like pull up our bootstraps and say, you know what? We are committed to, to, you know, having a better world and, and creating a better culture and caring about the other person that we don't like and mm-hmm. we don't agree with. <laughs> so. No, because, um, you know, those are very, very valid points. Those are very valid points. And it's amazing that, you know, you have such clarity in your thoughts, Julie. Thank you so much for agreeing to come and answering all these questions. Uh, I know some of them were super controversial, but thank you mm. so much for answering them so very well. Thank you so much. Mm. Yes, thank you for having me.